Podcasting from the CRW studio, this is the Two Drink Minimum with your hosts, Henny and Patron. Cheers, college football fanatics, and welcome to the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron, and with me as always is Kevin Hennigan. Tonight, it's New Year's week, and we are talking college football playoff, the final four. Underdog Cincinnati crashes the party as a group five squad, and they bring possibly the best secondary in college football with them to face Alabama and their newly minted Heisman winner and do-everything quarterback Bryce Young. In the late game, we're looking at two stout defenses in Georgia and Michigan as they line up for a rock fight at night. We've got our predictions for those games, some of the transfer portal talk, and some of the college coaching carousel next on the Two Drink Minimum. Henny, Patron, we're going to go two drink, two drink. We're going to go two full, guys. Oh, there you go. let's start back it with that. Back. Let's start it with that. For our beer this evening, Buried Acorn Brewing Company, Hot Whip IPA will be pouring up here. Henny, I don't, I mean, I don't. I don't think that there's much, much reason in beating around the bush and, and just not getting right into this college football playoff. I'm pretty excited about the college football playoff this year. And, and I, as I was looking at it and I was thinking of these games, I, I know that I was really excited about the college football playoff last year, but Alabama, Notre Dame just sort of seemed like this foregone conclusion where you go, all right, it's going to be Alabama versus the winner of Clemson, Ohio State. I'm really excited for Clemson, Ohio State. Are you more excited to see this Cincinnati team this year? And I think the point spread is right around the same as where it was, about two touchdowns. Yeah. So Vegas isn't any more excited to see Cincinnati than Notre Dame. Are you more excited this year for the Cincinnati versus Alabama game than you were last year for the Notre Dame-Alabama game? No question. I, Absolutely. It, it is... Is it just that sense of unknown, or is Cincinnati this year that much better of a team than Notre Dame was last year? For me, it's the matchups that have me excited. Like we've talked before about how we missed out on the Ohio State-LSU game in 2019. Oh, the Ohio State, and, and even more specifically, the Ohio State secondary. Correct. Versus the uh, the LSU receivers. Right. Yeah, 100%. That 100%. was a matchup. We wanted to see the Ohio State defense that year against the LSU offense, and we weren't able to see that. I want, I think a lot of the Cincinnati secondary, a lot of people do. Right? We're not alone. You just mentioned in the opening, possibly the best secondary in the country, and that's not, you know, that's not a crazy statement to make. I think a lot of people would be on board with that. So I do want to see what does this defense do against the Alabama offense. So that is a matchup that intrigues me. When I try to think back to Notre Dame last year, I don't remember anything of getting me excited for Notre Dame, Alabama last year, except to watch like Devontae, to watch the Alabama guys. To watch, to watch Alabama Najee guys. and Devontae Smith run around. But this matchup is something that intrigues me, and I just want to see how it plays out because you just you don't know about Cincinnati. Yeah, I, you I don't know. And realistically, it could be a very bad matchup for for Alabama because everybody just kind of assumes, well, Alabama can run roughshod over on their offensive line, can push them around. You know, Brian Robinson can just go off. And that's that. That's what Alabama's going to do because Georgia can't hang with them. But Alabama's rushing attack is really like, when you say a weak part of this team, it is a very, very, very weak part of this team. Like, outside the top 100 in rushing yards per game. So, I mean, when you think that 
when people just sort of assume that Alabama is going to crank on them, that rushing offense has not really cranked on much of anybody. Especially that, late in the year it wasn't. The well, last four well, games, they didn't rush for more than 115 yards. So that's, I mean, LSU, Arkansas, Auburn, Georgia, they weren't able to, or I don't know, I'd have to go back and look and see how often they were trying to do it, but they were averaging just over two yards per carry. And so when we look at Alabama, we lose Mechie. Yep. And, and that's the running a big, game has a question thing. mark. That's a big, huge thing yes. in this game. Enormous. To lose Mechie. Because now you have, did you? by the way, did you see your boy Kobe Bryant just came out and he's wearing eight for this game? Okay. Did you see this? No. Did you see this? Oh my gosh! I thought that you'd be all over this. No. Nope. So, any of the listeners who are not aware, uh, Henny is a Mamba mentality guy. He it's loves. My guy, man. He loves Kobe Bryant, favorite NBA player of all time. Is that fair to say? Is is I understand your favorite NBA player of all time? Yeah, I, I could go with that. So Kobe comes out. So Kobe Bryant, the Jim Thorpe Award winner for the best defensive back in the country, who may, which is. Not to take anything away from him, but he might not even be the best defensive back on his team. But so he's going to honor his namesake, Los Angeles Lakers star Kobe Bryant Jr., and he is wearing number eight in the college football playoff semifinal. This game that we're talking about, the Cotton Bowl Classic against Alabama, and he says, "I've, I've, I always go back to the famous quote from Kobe Bryant: "Quote the job is not finished." And that goes from day one to now. We have to stay hungry. So he's got, he's going he's full all on. Cincinnati released like this video of Mamba mentality with oh, his I've number. Oh, I've got to see that. I haven't seen it. It's like an overlay of his number going from like oh. seven to eight. It's 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 fantastic. And then it has him. Have you ever seen he does like the. I don't know if it's just him or the entire team, but they do like the slam dunks. They have like a mini hoop over right. there. They get the and so it's like that's their turnover champion. Yeah, yeah. So it's like yeah. flashing in between Kobe dunking and Kobe Bryant oh, the DB okay. dunking. It's amazing. Very well done by Cincinnati. But yeah, so you know, Kobe Bryant and and Sauce Gardner are two legit corners. And I'm sorry I cut you off because you 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 mentioned their secondary, and I thought I had to throw that Kobe Bryant in there for you because I knew you were gonna love it. But go ahead. You were talking about Alabama struggling to run the ball and Mechie being out against this secondary. Well, if you can make Alabama, you have to make them predictable some way, somehow. It, that didn't happen later on in that Georgia game. So if for Alabama, the receiving unit being banged up, we, you know, we saw what Williams can do. But Mechie, to me, that's the guy on that offense. I just love that dude's vibe, what he brings to the yep. table. So you know what you're going to get from Williams. But Mechie can do a lot of different things. And yes. so now you're replacing that kid, and that's a drop-off. Whoever comes drop in, off. I get that it's an Alabama recruit, an Alabama dude, but Mechie, I just, whatever that dude is doing, he is intense. He yep. brings it. I think you feed off of those kind of things. Huge loss for them. So this secondary is phenomenal. Can they slow down Williams? I mean, Gardner would never given up a passing touchdown, oh. I believe, is the stat they like to throw out about Gardner's him. Gardner's stats are, are crazy. No catches over 13 yards allowed this year from Gardner. So he, before the season, declared himself the best cornerback in the country. He said, I think I'm the best. Hang on. I got, I, this is... This is what I read about Gardner the other day. Let me see if I can find it as as we as we go through this and we discuss this because it's just a crazy stat with regard to 
what he's been able to do against other teams, and I, that just they just do not throw at him. It's crazy. I'll see if I can find it. I I wrote it down on my phone, and I'll see if I can find it. But the the other thing that's interesting here is. In years past on this podcast, we had talked about Clemson in a manner that it was, it was, you know, are they just waiting? Are they saving? Do they have something for you, you know, going without forward? Without ETN there to kind of hold without him back. Without ETN to yeah. hold him back a little bit. Did you see Mike Tressel's comments this week about their defense in that they have something special for Alabama this week? And they have, and his quote is, you know we have a that they have a veteran coaching staff and a veteran defense. Mike Tressel is the defensive coordinator of this unit, and he's he's talking about the Clemson or the the Crimson Tide offense, and he's praising them and saying all the right things. But then he says that they will be able to show things that Alabama has never seen before. He said, yes, that's sort of what experience does, to be honest with you. You have been in these situations. You know what we do as a base. So inside and out, that you can spend a little more time focusing on those wrinkles, focusing on a few things that we know that offense hasn't seen. So... You know, as you look at this team, what are they gonna do? Well, I, I, have have they held stuff back all year? Have they have they done stuff that you know, like a little bit vanilla because we didn't need non-vanilla to beat other people, but we've got a bunch of other stuff that we're looking to do. I mean, they have the defensive ends when you talk about Sanders. You know, they they have NFL defensive ends too. Let's talk so about those guys for a minute. Is, this they, is an I, interesting quote. From, it's very from, interesting from, from Tressel because I I'm excited to see the, the is it head the, games uh, yeah I'm excited to see the they Cincinnati they've never seen it before against the Alabama offense maybe they'll do like I don't know like I remember the Titans thing where they dance around or I don't know like right <laughs> that seemed to work for them right they had, they had, I don't know but this you brought up the defensive line so I went back and I took a look at the Notre Dame Cincinnati game that was a uh, defining moment for Luke Fickle and this Bearcats program to go into Notre Dame and do that this year. So the first quarter, they have two interceptions. And if you just box score, you just look at the box score after the game, you go, they have a great secondary, two interceptions early on in that game. That's the secondary for Cincinnati that carries them. No, both of those, you and I could have had those interceptions. What happened to Cone and then they brought in the other kid, the Buckner, the other quarterback there for Notre Dame, both of those interceptions in key moments, one of them was inside the 10-yard line. They were driving down early in that game was because the defensive line with Beavers and Sanders getting in the backfield forced the quarterback for Notre Dame to make a terrible pass under pressure, and those dudes picked off passes because of the pressure the defensive line brought here. So the secondary... It's sexy for Cincinnati. You look at the stats, 10 interceptions for guys. Like, they have great numbers. They're winning awards. But the defensive line for Cincinnati is no joke. And like you said, they have NFL dudes. The DuBlanco kid at linebacker is phenomenal. And they are a veteran group, like Tressel talked about there. All those dudes on that defense are seniors, fifth-year seniors, a few young guys sprinkled in, but not really. It's a veteran group that has been around. And that's when you can do special things that's when you can put in wrinkles because we understand our base packages we understand what i know what you're gonna do yeah because we played together for three or four years so now let's add in this we have three weeks to prep yep 
That's, and, I, Trestle is going to do something cool. And that's exactly what he was saying. He was like, look, we have guys that know how to do our base packages and know what to do inside and out. So we can put in these wrinkles to confuse who's really still a pretty young quarterback. I mean, Bryce Young is is awesome. He is phenomenal. But when you say we're going to try to do things that this offense has never seen, Bryce Young has proved time and time again that he can read a defense, he can make those plays, he can make something happen when something breaks down, he can make something happen. Phenomenal quarterback. Phenomenal, phenomenal quarterback. But we are not talking about Desmond Ritter who's played you know, 50-some-odd college football games. The kid has still just played 12, 13 football games in his college career. So when you throw some of those wrinkles at him, It'll be interesting to see. It'll be an interesting chess mass, chess match to see. And and you're right. The depth of that front seven is an underrated portion of this Cincinnati Bearcats defense. The front four gets all the love, but the depth of that front seven is is pretty spectacular too. Whether or not they have what it takes to to take on the big boys. It'll be interesting to see, but you and I have watched this Cincinnati team before, and and we've said we said last year and we said this year that the thing that separates these guys from a Boise State or a, a UCF or some of those teams in the past is this team looks like it has dudes. Right. I mean, those dudes look like SEC defensive linemen. This isn't they're the fourth best know, team in the country. It's just not scrawn dog over here. These are, these are dudes. We didn't feel these like that dudes. about Notre Dame last year going into the playoff. You're like, there's not. These are not like Notre Dame did not belong with the group based on what we watched during the season. Cincinnati belongs, and they're going to show in this game early on. Alabama doesn't blow you out. If if Alabama hops on them early, yeah, I will be surprised, slightly disappointed. We'll be hanging out together. I, I'm going to make Skyline chili. I want to tell oh, you here. I heard this here. story. Okay, I heard so, this rumor. I, heard I got this rumor. so. Um, you're our not buying Skyline Chili. No, You're our sister-in-law Carrie recipe. today. Okay. Our sister-in-law Carrie from, from Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Okay. sent me based on her mom's recommendation. Okay. Um, a recipe for Skyline Chili. Uh, so I, we're gonna I, get weird because it's weird, man. Skyline Chili yeah, is weird. It's got cinnamon in it, so it's weird. It's D- spaghetti. DZ, you know that, right? Skyline yeah. Chili is spaghetti. Oh yeah. DZ will be there making right. fun of said Skyline Chili. But I, that's why I thought we had yeah. to do it. Yeah, absolutely, right? we gotta yeah. do it. Absolutely, we gotta do it. Hey, I have look, a couple questions for you with this game, though. All right, go ahead. Go First ahead. Thing, it, this is this is this is great because I mean. The storylines that you just talked about and some of the things that we just discussed with the Cincinnati defense, we haven't even gotten into the Alabama offense, the Alabama defense, Cincinnati offense, because same with the Cincinnati offense. They have dudes as well. And an old, experienced quarterback. But go ahead with your go ahead with your questions. I'm ready. Well, before we move Fine. on from the Cincinnati defense, when you look at all these numbers and how great the defense is. That's what Georgia was going into the SEC championship game. Georgia was statistically, reputation-wise, I test all of those things that we're saying about Cincinnati. And then Alabama I'll for a finish, few quarters, but... right? So that, my only that's what I just wonder about is we that's why I like this matchup. And we started the uh, program here talking about it. Yep. That's why I, I wanted to see these two teams play. Because when we watch Georgia-Alabama, this Georgia defense, once you get beyond that first quarter, Alabama was starting yep. to be able to do things and move the ball. Yep. So does there anything, is there anything in your mind that after watching what they did to the Georgia defense that you're like, uh-oh? 
I, you know, look, I, you talk about matchups and you talk about good matchups and you talk about bad matchups. And the Georgia, I mean, if you roll that tape back to us talking about the Alabama Georgia game, at that moment, I, you know, I had mentioned in that program even that the Georgia secondary is still one that I want to see go against an aerial attack. I had questions about that Georgia secondary from the beginning of the year. They were not alleviated by the games that they were playing, but rather you looked at that schedule and you went, they have not really faced, they didn't face Old Miss, they didn't face some of these teams who were who were you know exceptional at the forward pass? They didn't Cle- face anybody Clemson, that was really good at passing Clemson the ball. Clemson was a complete disaster at the point that they faced them. Look at their. So, I'm looking at Georgia's schedule. We'll get to Georgia right, in a little bit, so, but you're making a good point. So here. this, yeah. so this Georgia defense, it, yeah. I mean, I th- Michigan. Let put it this way: Michigan is a much better matchup for that Georgia defense because Michigan. But who was Cincinnati Michigan played? Has to. Who's and the best quarterback to, they played? I, Clay and Toon. I understand. That, right? I understand that, that the Pratt didn't play against them. I understand that the best, you know, this secondary is hypothetical, that they're this good. You love hypotheticals, too. Dudes, but these dudes, I mean, you look at Sauce Gardner play, and you look at Kobe Bryant play, and it's legit. Like, those guys, in without, without Mechie out there, that means that you're always because Cincinnati. It, I, I went back and I watched some of the tape too. Cincinnati doesn't really move guys around. Like Sauce Gardner is not going to follow Williams around. Williams is either going to be on his side of the field, or or maybe on, they're doing something they've never seen before. Kobe, or, or what maybe if they, they put both of different. them on Williams? Yes, exactly. They're going to come out. Yeah, Gardner and Bryant are going to the first play. The two of them are going to yeah. stand in front of Williams, yeah. and then it just. Slade Bolden. Leave him open. <laughs> Every time I hear Slade Bolden's voice, I'm like, uh, his name, I'm like, the first name and the last name is like the name of a dog. No offense, Slade Bolden. But like, I see like two dogs running around there. Like, there's Slade, there's Bolden. Right. Uh, he, look, and somebody else is going to have to step up. And his name is escaping me right now. Uh, the kid with the catch in the Auburn game. Five-star kid. Freshman wide receiver for Alabama. You know, he's going to be asked to fill in for Mechie. Maybe you can... Was it the can, Holden can, kid? Can remind or me Baker, of, was it Javon Baker of, of who had that name. play? But, I mean, he's a five-star kid. He's made some plays this season. He had to come in for Jamison Williams when, when Williams went out for that targeting call. But, you know, so somebody's going to have to step up for for Alabama opposite of Williams. And what will be interesting is if, if Gardner and or Colby Bryant can lock down Williams, what are you what, – what are you left with? You know what I mean? And then and, – and, and uh, Cincinnati also has a safety who's like a hybrid linebacker safety kind of guy who specializes in covering tight ends. So he's going to be over the top on that safety valve that Bryce Young likes so much. Well, Cook and Hicks, you know, those are a couple of nice safeties they have there. Hanging out yeah. right there. That's the Cook kid. Yeah. So that, that secondary, that scheme – Trestle does a nice job. Fickle does a nice job. It, it's just it, it's it's interesting because I've I absolutely one hundred percent totally agree with you about the unknown. Who have they played? Who have they faced? But this is a this is a team that we've seen week in and week out for two seasons be a dominant secondary that nobody really gets the best of. 
And, right. I, and I'm interested to see what they do. Some of these guys were out. Gardner was out last year against uh, the Georgia in the, in the Sugar yeah. Bowl. Gardner didn't play. Came down to a field goal. And, yeah. that, let's and talk Bryant about... was a stud in that game. Bryant had, you know, like five pass breakups. Ford had a, a nice pick. game. He was, he was nice. So let, let's before we move on and talk about the other side of the ball here, is experience a factor? So you brought up the bowl game last year. When you look at this CFP, Teams that haven't been a part of it when they show up, like Washington made an appearance. Like so, when you're playing a, against an experienced team, who's gone through this routine of yeah. peaking at the right moment, because I yeah. do believe that that is an important part of this process. It's this is different than a normal bowl game. Yeah. So to get your team, you're so jacked up when you make the playoff. Yep. But to tell your guys, no, we got to chill for like two and a half weeks, and then we have to peak. Yeah. It, Alabama knows how to do that. Yeah. So Alabama plays Michigan. Uh, they play Michigan State in a bowl in the CFP thirty-eight nothing. Right? They smash them after Michigan State. You know they hadn't been in it before. Alabama had. Then Alabama gets a shot at Washington. Hadn't been in it. Washington doesn't show up. Smash Alabama. Them. Notre Dame's first appearance. They get smoked by Clemson. Some of these schools, their first appearance in the playoff. Now maybe it's because you didn't belong. You're the four seed playing against the one seed, yeah. which is this matchup here. Yeah. So you just wonder. Have you know the experience of Alabama and their coaching staff and Nick Saban leading the way here? Is that a storyline here for you, or do you think you know what they want? They played Georgia last year. They probably approached that like a natty. They approached that like a CFP game. I would assume. I mean, you beat me to the punch. That's exactly really the point that I was going to make with with um, with Cincinnati. Obviously, they do not have the experience that Alabama has playing in this college football playoff. But this is not a team that sort of rose from the ashes and all of a sudden made the college football playoff. They played in a New Year's Day game last year. They played in the Sugar Bowl. They played against an SEC team. They saw SEC speed. They saw SEC power. They saw it on the biggest stage. And and they gave Georgia everything Georgia up, yeah. could handle in yep. that game. I don't and, care who and, was out or anything and, like that. It's and, still Georgia. And they had players out. Right. I, I mean, Cincinnati had players out. Ford wasn't even 100%. And he was a stud. Gardner was out. Like, they had some dudes out yeah. in that game. So, you know, that, that couple opt-outs and this, that, the other thing. Georgia, for the most part, had their dudes playing. Right. And, and so that is not going to account for them being a first-time participant in the college football playoff. But I do think it's big that they were just in the Sugar Bowl, that they just had to chill for two and a half weeks before playing a game last year with essentially the same squad, the same leadership, the same coaching staff, the same, you know, like all of the leaders on both sides of the team that you look at are there. You know, Ford and Wild and Ritter are back on the offensive side of the ball. Let's talk about that offense. Gardner. Uh, you know, Bryant and Sanders are back on that defensive yeah. side of the ball. So, you know, they, these are guys who have ex- at least experienced a New Year's Day event. They didn't play in the, in the you know, Gasparilla Bowl last year. They right. played in the Sugar Bowl last right. year against a Georgia Doesn't team. Marshall always win the Gasparilla Bowl? Yeah, I think so. That's, I don't know. When I you said so. Gasparilla Bowl, I was like, I think Marshall's I think won it like so. 12 years in a row. Yeah. Byron Leftwich, right? Chad Pennington. Right. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, Future Jags coach. Exactly. Byron Leftwich. Um, the Cincinnati offense, though. We got to look at that. Because you have to be able to score to beat Alabama. Alabama's going to get points. As good as Cincinnati's defense is, you can't shut down Bryce Young and Brian Robinson and Jamison Williams, and they'll they'll roll out their tight ends there. They'll Billingsley and the other what was it Lafu the other kid. Yeah. 
So they have some nice pieces, obviously, on offense, and they're going to score. Yeah. Can Cincinnati, Ritter, to me, big fan of his, but I have some question marks about Ritter. He's a, he's a good quarterback. Yeah. But you need to be a great quarterback but, on Friday to beat Alabama. To me, this is really that who have they played and what have they done question that it, it hits home on the offensive side for mm-hmm. me a little bit more. I'm watching that defense, and, and just the eyeball test suggests that that defense can play with anybody. The offensive side of the ball, maybe not so much. But we do have what they did against Georgia last year and what they did against Notre Dame this year as part of that eyeball test to go by. And really, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's it's going to have to be Ritter being great. And he has had some duds in his college career. So if, if you get Ritter good or worse, this game is not going to go well. But if you get Ritter, who plays a great game, because he does have that ability and that what you need in this game, what you need in this game against Alabama, honey, is that, oh crap, third and eight, they're about to sack Ritter. How did he escape that? Scrambled right, found somebody, found Wild down the field for a nine-yard game. Oh, baby. You know, like, that that drive is extended. They're going to need that type of thing to happen two or three times during this game to have a chance to win it. Because, like you said, you know Bryce Young is going to do that. Bryce Young will make a couple of those plays. He will. Where you go, phew. So Ritter's going to have to match that. And he has the potential to do so. It's just a matter of whether or not you get the great Ritter when when these guys play. Because he he has not seen really anything like this Alabama defense before. That's true. But for you know that 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 Georgia game last year where he played pretty well. Right. The Alabama defense is solid. It's not the level that they have been. Uh, they they've set a pretty high bar. At Alabama. Yeah. We know Anderson's great. I'm a big fan of the Phil Mathis kid. 48 for Alabama. He's going to make some plays yep. on Friday. And he is going to... Right, Friday's New Year's Eve? The days of the week yeah. have me all screwed up. Yeah. Friday's New Year's Eve. I believe so. So, yeah. So, Anderson and Mathis, great defensive players. There's no way Cincinnati has had to face dudes like this in the AAC week in, week out. You haven't had to. So, you can do all the game planning you want, but you haven't seen these guys. And that's, to me, the difference in this game. If I'm looking at this, I, Cincinnati's going to prove they belong in this game. I think so, too. 14 points is a like lot. That. But when I look at the difference, why I'm confident Alabama winning this game is the Cincinnati offense isn't at the level you need to be to beat Alabama. There's just too, too big of a gap between the level you need to be offensively and I think the ceiling for Cincinnati's offense. They do have a couple yeah. nice receivers. The Pierce kid would have to have a big game for them. We... Love Jerome Ford. I hope Jerome Ford has an awesome game. And I'm not going to mention the school he, he don't should. mention the school he used to play at. He, he doesn't should. want you to. Yeah, so I'm not going to either. He said, I am more than I am that. a Cincinnati Bearcat. Yep. Beautiful. Love it. So we're not even going to go there. He, and and he can he can make some plays here. I mean, you saw what LSU was able to do in the run game against Alabama. You you saw what Tanks Bigby was able to do in the run game against Alabama. Like there are plays to be had. Can Ritter by put Ford. the ball in the air and beat you? Like I, Ritter does not. First of all, he does not have 
a spectacular wide receiving core, although Michael Young Jr. and Pierce are nice pieces, mm-hmm. and Wild is definitely an NFL tight end for it, sure. Alabama's had trouble against tight ends. Like they have, they've, you know, I think uh, Weidermeyer had a nice game against yeah. them. Brock Bowers did. I mean, those are NFL tight ends. Those guys are one hundred percent. You know, some of the best tight ends yeah. in the country. I, and everybody so, struggles yeah. against them, and but, so is Wild. Right. I so mean, Cincinnati brings a nice tight end guy. too. Wild's an NFL guy. Right. Uh, you know, he's he's maybe not the mismatch, you know, the, the nightmare that some of those guys are, but he's in that tier right behind those guys you just mentioned, for sure. Right. Um, so, if, again, I, I you know, I'm with you. This is, this is where I have question marks, is whether or not their offense is going to be able to do enough. And in this game, it, it, what I expect to be a Cincinnati defense that's up to the task it, the offense is sometimes just going to have to get a couple of first downs to let them breathe. Right. You can't... The, the, the Cincinnati defense, if at the end of the day you you turn on the game and it's 38-7 to seven and you go, oh, see, Henny and Patron were so wrong that Cincinnati defense could not keep up. If you watch the game, my idea there was that that's probably that their offense couldn't do enough and the defense just was on the field way too much. Right. If this defense gets smacked down, to me, the only way that's going to happen is as a product of the offense couldn't stay on the field enough to let that defense rest enough to keep up that level right. of play. If Alabama jumps on them like we saw LSU do to Oklahoma a couple of years ago, I'll be I'll be very surprised yeah. because of what I think of the Cincinnati defense. Yeah. I, I agree with you. It's one of those games that first quarter, first quarter and a half like Cincinnati belongs. This is yeah. a good team. This Ford kid is good. Ritter has picked up a couple first downs yeah. that flipped the field. Uh-huh. And then the offense just isn't able to do enough. And by the end of the game here, Alabama has slowly pulled away, and Brian Robinson's able to finish a couple drives. That's how I see this game playing out. Yep. Good first half. Second half, Cincinnati's historically all season has struggled in the second half. They had a lead okay. in the they had a lead in the Georgia game last year and lost it in the second half. And this year they they you know we've sort of given them the benefit of the doubt, but they seem to sleepwalk through the second half. They did a better job in the AAC championship game where they actually turned it up in the second. It was the half best they looked all and year. Just blew Houston out. Yeah, a Houston team who looked very good today against Auburn. You know, so it, it's. It'll be interesting to see. I, I I see this as a as a as a good game going into the half, and Alabama pulling away with a W in the second half. Um, you know I hate this cover and don't cover. What stuff. is the spread? I, I I if it was thirteen and a half, I would two touchdowns by Alabama is perfect by Vegas. Yeah, two touchdowns is is sounds about right yeah but I, I it's not a blowout two touchdowns to me I'm, i i don't think that you know this is a late score after a good game kind of feel to it i i think that you probably if you're if you're gambling or if you're betting this game i'd probably take alabama yes uh to cover yeah i'm but with you there i'm not shocked if cincinnati makes this you know they they're they're you know, three, four plays in this game away from it being a real, real, like, close nip-tuck affair. A pick or, you know, a punt return special team score or something like that. 
and a third down conversion where Ritter escapes. You know, there are a couple of those plays away from this being a very, very tight down-to-the-wire game. I think Ritter's going to throw a bad pick in this game that swings it. You haven't seen defensive players to the level that Alabama's going to yep. bring. Yep. And he's going to try to throw like an out or one of those plays that like has worked all year when you're going against yep. Tulane yep. in Tulsa. All of a sudden, those... Joby just jumps it. Yeah, yeah. you give know, like a... that's 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 what I see give happening. Is some little out six. and Jordan give Battle jumps it. in front of it or one of yeah. those plays where yeah. it's just this play has worked yeah. all year and it's second and six yeah. and we run it and you're like, oh, shoot, that's going the other way. Because we just haven't yeah. seen these types of guys. Not only that, but it's a play that like Nick Saban's like, third and four, this is what they're going to do. Right. Joby, jump this and route. And the kid's they're, sitting they're right there. They're going to do an out to Michael Young Jr. And right. Joby jumps it for a pick six. Yeah, you that's know, something it, I see happening That's something in this I game. can see happening. Ritter, having to, Ritter making a play like that, that once yeah. you allow Alabama to do that, yeah. like, there's no, there's, it can be hard to come back against them. You've got to be able to hang early yeah. or jump up on them like Georgia did and... It's yeah. not going to be enough for Cincinnati. I, I'm so excited that they got in this game. And I'm excited too. I and, and I'm pulling for Cincinnati to, me to, too. to make something of this game. Keep this interesting. Because, here. you know, Trestle has opportunities to leave. He doesn't. Got a couple guys with opportunities to go to the NFL last year. They don't. I mean, this team came back to do this very thing. They've accomplished that goal. And you like to see young men do that kind of thing. Do the right thing. They, they, they come back to school. They stay at the school that's not a Power 5 conference. Their coach does the right thing by them. They do the right thing by their school, by their, you know, by their parents, by their education, by whatever it may be. You know, Ritter's a guy who, you know, he's married with a kid. Like, this dude could be like, I just need to cash in and get paid. Right. But they all come back. They all do it. A set a goal to accomplish, and they accomplished it. And maybe they say that the work's not done. We still want to, you know, win that. Natty, should be but, saying that, but absolutely, they should be saying that. But this is a team, an easy team to root for. They earned this position. Absolutely, it took you like earn this position because that's cool. What these guys did, they, what these guys did, they banded together to come back and do this, and they accomplished it. Right, DZ, if he was here. He doesn't think I'm a group five guy. It's not that. I didn't like I don't like the idea of a group five team should automatically get in a playoff. Mm-hmm. I think that's absurd. Mm-hmm. Right? That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Cincinnati, ridiculous. Cincinnati did not just be gifted, hey, the highest ranked G five team should be in the playoff. No, that's not what they did. It took them a few years with this same group that you just brought up to earn the respect of a committee that's gonna pick teams. To work their way up, yes, they beat Notre Dame, so they have the resume. But we've seen teams with solid resumes get left off of the CFP Final Four. Oh, yeah. But they earned it over the last few years. They all stayed together like you just noted. And it's like we've now become a power. We worked our way into the Power Five. Yeah. So yeah. we weren't. So they went and be, we're not even a G five. We worked our way into Power Five and the playoff because we're good enough. Yeah. Not just well highest ranked team. No, they deserve to be here. They are better than anyone behind them in the rankings. Yeah. Give oh, me Cincinnati absolutely. against those teams behind them. Eh, Ole Miss is interesting. I like Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is good. Um, but th- this Cincinnati team I like deserves the to playing be playing in that game. For the yes, record. that's awesome. That Future WFT QB. Oh, yeah. Uh, but the Cincinnati team, I hope they can hang around. I am confident that people will watch them play if you haven't seen a ton of them, which is fair. Early in the season, they were on like ESPN Plus, yeah. and the network's never even heard of. Yeah. And they 
are going to show up Friday. They're going to show they belong. Oh, yeah. Ford is good. This defense is good. They're going to hang around. Alabama pulls away. We already talked about pick six guaranteed. We're going to be high five and Friday yeah. when the pick six For happens. Joby. Yeah. Joby's racing. I'll take that. I'll take that on the right. pick six. All right. You take Joby. All right. I, I I agree with you too. Like I think that people want to watch this. They want to see Cincinnati show up with their slingshot in their back pocket and see if they got a chance against yeah. Goliath. That's great. I like it's it. It's a better story than like. Come on, dude. Like Oklahoma State's gonna play Alabama. Like, give me a break. Right, Notre Dame again? No, Notre Dame again. We're gonna watch Notre Dame get their head kicked in again. Right. You know they don't have the dudes. Cincinnati. Let's see what they got. I mean, yeah. it, they, they've worked their way to this position. They've, they've got it, you. I mean, you mentioned it before. They've got an experienced squad, tons and tons of seniors. When you got men go, and Alabama's got a lot of kids. See what happens. Right. That'll be fun. The second game of the night is going to be Michigan. Um, Michigan versus Georgia in a. I mean, I don't know what the spread is here, but I, I can't imagine it's all too large. I mean, these are two teams that are built essentially the same. They want to do the same thing. They want to play the same way. They, it, it's, it's incredible to sort of start breaking down these two teams because you're like, geez, this is, this is the, 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 the same team. I, I mean, you look at yeah. it and you're like, I'm looking at the same team. You're looking at Stetson Bennett, and you're looking at Cade McNamara. You know, you're looking at you're looking at that running back core for Georgia. You're looking at that running back core for Michigan. Maybe maybe Georgia, you look a little bit more interior D line and linebackers. And Michigan, you're that front seven. You're most impressed, obviously, by the two defensive ends and and Agba and 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 Hutchinson. But you know, these two teams, you're just you're looking at almost mirror images of each other, and yeah. that's going to be a very interesting chess match to watch. It is. It, <clears throat> these two teams, you, what did you call it, a rock fight, a rock <clears throat> fight earlier? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to describe this. It's not going to be pretty between these two teams. They come with defense. So defense first, but defense wins championships is what they talk about. So now... Ding in the bell. Yep. Angel just got yep. its wings, Dan. It's that time of year. Three drink minimum. <laughs> Make it four. <laughs> I don't know it's how a long episode. I don't know how people bet on a game like this. We'll get we'll break it down in a second. But when I look this, it, it's a crapshoot. Oh yeah, I was looking up the spread for you. Got distracted. Let me look that up for you. But it's um these are two teams that the defenses are very good, and we have questions about the offenses being able to produce. I've got no questions. I've got no questions about either one of these guys' offensive line or running back core. I've got questions about. But that both means they're one-dimensional to me. So against a very good defense, so the Georgia 100%. defense. Hundred percent. So you look at the SEC championship game. What I did today is I paused the SEC championship game with about 14 minutes to go in the second quarter. At that moment, Georgia is up 10 nothing. Against Alabama. Like, I forgot about that. With the ball, right? In, like, their red zone. I paused after they scored. So, Georgia scores to go okay. up 10-0 in the SEC championship game. They have shut down Alabama. They are having their way. Yeah. And I paused at that moment and said, I'm going to stop watching it here. Because I'm going to think of this Georgia team. Because yeah. that's what I... If I'm... 
if I'm George, if I'm coaching the Georgia team, I show them the first 16 minutes of that game yep. and go, listen to what everybody's talking about Alabama. Everybody is now crowning them. You want to crown their ass? You crown them, right? Yeah, That's exactly. what they're Dennis Green, right? He's back from the dead, right? <laughs> is, is Dennis Green dead? Oh, yeah. This is a fun game. He might be. <laughs> oh, I didn't even say it. Can you erase it? You know what I mean? But so the late Denny Green. The late Denny. I think he did that. Yeah, I think he did. But when away. he makes that, like, that's Alabama now because of that game it's and what they did. Quote. It it's is a, a great, great quote. quote. After, you know, the rest of that game, yes, Alabama has their way. But 16 minutes into that game, Georgia is up 10 nothing. They're doing what they want to do offensively. Stetson Bennett is confident. They look like an exceptional team. They look like the number one team in the country. So I'd show them the first 16 minutes and go, that's who we are. Wheels fall off here. Yeah. It gets a little out of control. Whatever, didn't matter. We didn't even need that game. Maybe that was played into it a little bit. Yeah. But that this Georgia team is really good. Really good. All year we thought of them as the best team in the country. They have a bad couple of quarters against Alabama, and all of a sudden there's all these question marks and all this uncertainty around the team. And the Alabama and the Alabama offense, for whatever reason, or the, the, the Nick Saban, Kirby Smart thing is just is a bugaboo that he just can't he just can't get that monkey off his back. But it, it, you want to talk about, like, Georgia didn't play anybody, or as soon as they played Alabama, they got smacked around. But this is a legit, this is a team, okay, Clemson, they gave up three points. UAB, who just beat BYU in a bowl game, they gave if up you seven. you say so. They gave up seven. South Carolina, they gave up 13. Vandy, they gave up zero. Arkansas, they gave up zero. Auburn, they gave up 10. That was with Bo Nix. Auburn, they gave up 10. Kentucky, they gave up 13. Florida, they gave up seven. Missouri, they gave up six. Tennessee, 17. Charleston Southern, seven. Georgia Tech, zero. And then they have the Alabama game where they give up 41 points. But they actually didn't give up 41 points. Bennett threw a pick six and then had another turnover right in the right in, in, uh, in, in the red zone, right? So it, it's the either the offense or the special teams. I'm trying to recall that game, but I think that they had a turnover. Uh, Georgia had a turnover right in their own red zone where Alabama cashed. That's a third of their quickly. points. If I did the math quickly so, in my head, as you mentioned, fourteen it. points out of the forty-one. But I mean, for the season, Alabama was responsible for a third of the points yes. scored against this Georgia team. Yep. So is the fluke the you know quarters two, three, four in yep. the SEC championship game, and the Georgia defense is what you just mentioned yep. all year that we saw. Well, I mean, and, and is the fluke, like, unless Bell is coming back to play in this game he's for not. Michigan, which he's not, You, the, Jameson Williams isn't walking through that door. No, I mean, they not. had a couple of plays where there was a little breakdown in the coverage, but he just took it to the house. Right. You know, they had a couple of those, like, busted plays or just him making a play. Where that, that that was fourteen of Alabama's points, right? Where yeah. just Williams making a play and like he gone. That's supposed to be eight yards and he gone. It was one of the momentum games too. So, it just felt like here so it goes. you know all of a sudden like the Alabama scored forty one points. We just named the the fourteen from Jamison Williams plus you got that pick six. There's twenty one right there. There's yeah. over half their points right there. You know, so it's not like this team just got consistently beat on. 
this game. To your point, the first half they played very, very well. They and did. then the wheels came off. They were on the field for way too long. What we just said about that, about Cincinnati, that if Cincinnati's defense is shown to be, quote-unquote, exposed, it's going to be because they're on the field for too long, not because they aren't who we thought they were. And this Georgia team, I don't think this defense is something that we didn't think, you know, you know that, that, that they're not who we thought they were. They just got left on the field for too long, and we knew that that secondary was a, a trouble spot for them. This front seven, though, is not going to be so easily banged around by Michigan. And that, you know, what's Michigan going to do to go over the top? I have not seen anything from McNamara that suggests they'll be able to. No, that's true. As you look at the offenses here, because the defenses I look at, they kind of neutralize each other. These are very good defenses. Yep. That's the strength of both of these teams is what they're able to bring defensively. So the on the offensive side of the ball, love the running back. I, there are six NFL running backs to me in this game. Yeah, that's, cr- that's there's crazy. There's a ton of NFL running backs in this game. Like Michigan's third running back, Donovan Edwards, they have to find a way to get him involved. Mm-hmm. So I hope that they... You have Put Haskins, him out there, yes. receiver or yes. something. You like find you, ways to yeah. get that dude involved to attack the edges here. How can you keep this team honest? Because yeah. you know that Cade McNamara is not going to be able to throw the ball deep. Hasn't shown that that's something they even want to do. McCarthy will come in, which yeah. is an interesting. You brought up wrinkle in the other game. McCarthy coming in here is interesting. Like what were they going to do over the last couple weeks yeah. with Donovan Edwards? I, they're going to move that kid around. Seven will move around for them, and they'll. Yeah. Look at McCarthy coming in, which Georgia doesn't have that type of wrinkle. They have Brock Bowers, which is the difference for that Georgia offense. That Michigan doesn't have a guy as a receiving threat like Georgia does. They don't have Pickens is healthy. They don't have Pickens either. I was just about to say, they don't have a George Pickens either. So that's where the rubber meets the road for me in this game. That old chuck it too. Is that Georgia can can threaten you down the field a little bit more. But, I mean, again, like you you just mentioned McNamara... McNamara is very interesting. Or, uh, or, uh, J.J. McCarthy is very interesting to me, too, because you could very well see a Alabama was getting beat by Georgia and they brought in the more pure passer to say, hey, let's go. I mean, who's to say Michigan doesn't just hand the keys to the Cadillac in the second half to J.J. Uh, uh, McCarthy? McCarthy if they're down going into the second half? And all of a sudden, we oh, well, hang, hang on, wait a minute, we didn't see this coming. We stole the Alabama game film and actually are just going to try to test them, test them, test them through the air. So it, it, it's just it's interesting to me that this game comes down to both teams sort of want to do the same thing. I have Jim Harbaugh as the better, you know, sort of in-game adjustments coach as the better overall head coach in I this like thing. Harbaugh. I like Harbaugh. I'm I, rooting for him in this I, game. And I have been very critical of Smart in the past, and I think that I've actually been pretty justified in my criticisms of Smart in the past. I, I picked Alabama in that last game just based upon Smart. Like I Only one in this room who did. did not trust Smart to do what needed to be done. Balanced against the Harbaugh over Smart, though, that I mean, you just touched on, on on Brock Bowers and George Pickens. They do have more of a vertical threat. I think Stetson Bennett is a better quarterback than McNamara, and so they do have more in that passing game than Michigan is able to show. 
So that's interesting to me as to what, how do you balance those two things? Because everything else is kind of kind of a wash. Alabama didn't need to run the ball against Georgia to be successful. Mm-hmm. Michigan will have to. Mm-hmm. Michigan's bread and butter is we are going to pound the ball. Dan Lanning, future Oregon coach, Lanning and Bo Nix are going to win a national championship next year. I'm sure of it, right? They have to. It's an interesting. So Lanning heading out west, but he's still coaching here. He said, when he was describing the Michigan running backs, how like their physical aggressive play, very rarely are they running to avoid contact. They're running to create contact. And this... All, this offense for Michigan is based on these running backs bringing it. But Alabama's like, we don't have to do that. We're not going to run into the strength of your defense. We're going to throw it over the top with our freaks at receiver. Unfortunately for Michigan, is Haskins is phenomenal. Corum is very good too. But that's not going to be enough for me in this game because they don't have or haven't shown the ability to beat you in the air. Yeah. Which Georgia will throw it. Better Georgia will drop back. It. And at some point, we have to sit down and go, the JT Daniels thing. That's a, that's a, a weird. That's a side story for some other time. That's but I mean, he got Wally thing. picked, right? So he started yeah. the first couple games or whatever. He had a chance to play a little bit. and There's something about that cat, though. Like, it's I, weird, I man. get the sense that dude doesn't even want to play. He's just like chilling. Like, look, <laughs> like, look, if you look at bizarre. Stetson Bennett's story for a minute, like Jamie Newman last year was the Heisman favorite when he left Awake yeah. and went to Georgia. And then they also had JT Daniels. You're like, holy crap, they brought this kid yeah. as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. And we're cracking jokes about Stetson Bennett, the fourth, the and he's mailman. the mailman. <laughs> yeah. and we're laughing. <laughs> Sounds like he's selling cowboy hats. And, and at the belt end of the day, I, yeah. Jamie Newman is unemployed. Right? I don't know if he landed on an NFL roster. Is he? He's definitely playing in the Arena League. Okay. If that exists. Canada, maybe. Um USFL. But he might be on an NFL roster. I don't know. But, but yeah, he, so that's whatever. And then JT Daniels not get, so Stetson Bennett has beat these kids out. Yeah, they wouldn't put someone out there that's a bum. Uh, they, they, I Monken just said today that Stetson Bennett will play because he gives us the best chance to win. He is our starting quarterback. And I wonder about JT chance. Daniels. Right. And, and here's the thing: it, 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 quarterbacks, notwithstanding, a, a lot of love gets shown to. That, that Corum and those guys over there, and Haskins and the guys over there on the uh, on the Michigan side of things. But Michigan defense has not faced a duo like Cook and White. You know, like James Cook and, and Zamir White, they faced Travion Henderson over at Ohio State. But that kid's Kenneth a fr- Walker. That kid's a freshman. They faced Kenneth Walker, who it's Kenneth Walker and who? You know what I mean? Like. It, it, you you're you got these guys coming at you, White and Cook, and then you mix. It, 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 besides for White and Cook, you mix in the Kenny McIntosh. I mean, you're talking about Zamir White, James Cook, Kenny McIntosh. All of those guys averaged over five yards per carry. That's pretty uh, good. Cook Cook's at six one, and McIntosh is at five nine. I'd love to be Zamir White, who's like the bell cow, is is at five three. Ten touchdowns, seven touchdowns, three touchdowns for White, Cook, and McIntosh, respectively. Throw in what Bennett did uh, with his legs, which is very underrated, also averaging over five and a half yards per carry. And it's not like he had four carries. He had, dude had 45 carries. So you're talking about just dude after dude after dude coming at you in addition to Brock Bowers, George Pickens, some of these guys over the top that, that Georgia can hit you with in, in, a, in a receiving game that is questionable, but 
also a little bit underrated when you look at some of those stats for Stetson Bennett with you know efficiency. Uh, DZ quoted it, I think, last uh, episode that we had, and it bears you know throwing out there again. I think that that uh, Stetson Bennett is like number one in the country for yards per attempt or something along those lines. Yards per no YPAs. Yards per yeah exactly yeah YPAs more of an is that IPA like an guy. IPA or right. like, okay. double YPA. So th- this offense, and this is the difference for me in this game, is is the Georgia offense, and that they bring just a little bit more with Bennett. They bring a little bit more with Brock Bowers. They bring a little bit more with guys like Burton and 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 Pickens and some of those guys on that offensive side of the of the field, on that receiving side of the field, and just Michigan. I mean, I said it. I said it when they played. I'm not so sure, and I'm sorry for you, Michigan people. If you're just gonna, I'm gonna get hate mail for saying this, but but I'm, I'm Michigan not, State people that listen. We I'm that. not so sure Michigan even wins that game if it's played in a dome uh, against the Ohio, Ohio State. The Ohio State game. Uh, the, the Ohio State game. They 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 caught that lightning in a bottle with Ohio State doing what they wanted to do, and and not being able to do it because of the snow globe. What sticks in my mind, and I have a tough time getting out, I can't do just the recency, Michigan-Ohio State, Michigan blowing out Iowa. I can't do that recency because that Michigan State game sticks in my mind big time. And Michigan State is nowhere near as good of a football team as Georgia is. So I gotta go with Georgia, and I never found. Did you ever find the spread? Seven and a half right now. It Georgia's favored by seven and a half. Yeah, it's a lot, Dan. Oof. I don't know that Georgia covers. I got Georgia to win, Michigan to cover. Yeah, yeah that's that's fine. I like that that's lean fine. here. That's this fine. is the better of the two games. Seven down and a half stretch. is big. I'm, that's surprising. This is gonna bring. We're gonna you know watch the ball drop as this game is closing out here because it's gonna be the tighter of the two games. Absolutely. Michigan wanted this. Michigan needed this game to be played December 11th, a week later. The way they were rolling and the confidence and all of those things, that's what they needed. They needed the momentum of how they were feeling, scoring the 42 points back to back weeks. They had a lot of those good vibes happening with the, you know within their program. And smashed a good Iowa defense. Right. Just smashed them. They needed that game to be played immediately. Yeah, Unfortunately, they had a three plus week break here, which is yeah. unfortunate because they were just. At that point, Michigan was able to yeah. hang with anybody the way they were playing right then. And I just think sometimes those breaks, it just brings you back to maybe a little bit of who you are as yeah. a team. This confidence, the momentum you have slips away a tiny little bit, and that's going to be the difference here between these two teams. Because Georgia, they smoked everybody. You go through their schedule that we've talked about here. They didn't need the passing attack to do anything special. They mm-hmm. didn't need all of that until they played Alabama. And I think a lot to be said for a really good team to lose and how they bounce back. Saban talked yeah. about it after the A&M game. Really good team. We lose. It allows us to do some things coaching-wise behind the scenes because now guys are going to listen. Yeah. Georgia smokes everybody. You're shutting out a bunch of SEC teams. You're setting records defensively for points allowed and all those great things. Talking about Heisman guys on your D-line. Alabama does what they do. You're going to get together. You regroup. You talk about a few things, and you get it straightened out here. This Go back and watch the first quarter. of. I know it's only one quarter. You have to play four. 
But you watch that first quarter against Alabama, and you will think a little differently of Georgia than you did at the end of the game. They will remind you of what this Georgia team was throughout the year. Georgia wins this game, but it's back and forth. It's a tight game the whole time. Georgia's not going to run away from Michigan. Michigan is good enough defensively. We've rarely, we haven't even really talked about Hutchinson here. Yeah. But that kid, he's going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, man. That kid, it like Kayvon Thibodeau got the hype before the season. Some of these other guys did. Hutchinson will be the number one pick in the draft in April. And he'll play like that on Friday. He will stand out and he will do some things where you go, whoo, this kid, man, can play. He deserved to be at the Heisman. All of those things because he is outstanding. The kid on the other side is great, too. That that Akba kid is is great, too. And his story is phenomenal. Like, barely played any football. He comes over. His story, if you get a chance to read his story, go do a little deep dive into him because it's it's phenomenal. and, And it just goes to show... Just effort, want to like you can get there for 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 some of these kids. This it, it, it's loaded too. When you talk about like Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean on the Georgia side of it, Hutchinson. I love the it, Wyatt it, kid it, it, too. It just, it, it, it's it's this game is loaded. Just NFL talent. I know we, we said that about the other game as well. And obviously you you are gonna have a lot of NFL talent to even get to this game in the right. first place. Yeah, but. This, I mean, you could take this this Georgia defense and this this Michigan defense, mix them up together, and come out with a pretty decent NFL defense at this point. You, you know what I'm saying? Like these guys are just that loaded on both sides of the ball, especially the front seven. Both of them have the questions on the back end of the secondary a little bit, which is not. Too harmful. I like Daxon Hill a lot for Michigan. Vincent Gray, I have a few questions with, and I would go at that kid. I like I like Hill. I I would go ahead, but I think Hill is awesome. I like Hill. And I like some of the guys in the secondary. But you know, it's interesting that you brought up before the the Michigan wanting to play on December eleventh in in and not, you know, with this big layoff, because you brought up before, and I'm not sure if you did it intentionally, obviously, or or, or you're just this is this is just sort of the way that the conversation flowed organically. That, but you bring that up with Cincinnati about having never been there before. You forget with Michigan as a blue blood program, who you just sort of consider a team that's been there, done that. That actually haven't been there, done that. They're in the same boat as Cincinnati, and maybe even worse in in terms of this is new I, did they even they didn't even play in a bowl game last year you they know, were like, unranked to start the they, season they, they were not even the top 25 to start the season this is a team that is in uncharted territory to be playing in the CFP this year and so that effect with the first time and you need to chill for two and a half weeks and then ramp it back up this Michigan team more so than that Cincinnati team is a team that's going to be adversely affected by that effect that you were talking about before. To me, because, Michigan accomplished because, their goals too, which it, I mean, you're getting the sports psychology a little bit here, and I, I love those conversations because if you look at Michigan, their championship game was Ohio. They had to beat Ohio State. Your coach took a pay cut because yeah. they were going to fire him if yeah. he didn't. Yeah. So that guy came back, and you all. 
regroup, get together, and you are able to beat Ohio State. And like I, the momentum I'm talking about, bouncing off of that Ohio State game, you yeah. saw it against Iowa. Yeah. But is yeah, does that sneak that. in a little bit? The fact that our goal, our championship game, was back on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. And we ended Ohio State season. Yeah. And all of this is gravy for Cincinnati. It's not because yeah. no one cares that Cincinnati won the American. Yeah. That is irre- No one cares about that conference. That but you they won do it. care that they made the college football playoff. But they, 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 no, they but shattered that ceiling. They have the weight of the world on them if you're Cincinnati. That's because true as well. That's true as well. That's a good thought, point as well. You're not a blue blood. You don't belong. If Cincinnati gets boat raced by Alabama, i.e., like Hawaii when they played Georgia in the Sugar Bowl Colt back Brennan, in the day, yeah. right? Colt Brennan. Yeah. That Colt Brennan. Yeah. Yeah, that was the so, Colt Brennan year. That's going to be one of those situations where people go, these te- what do you, you want to expand the playoff? Why? So we yeah. can watch some of this? Because this team was really good. G5 team yeah. got smacked by Alabama. Yeah. An SEC team, they can't hang, whatever. It's, it should have uh, been Notre I mean, Dame. It's absolutely the weight of the world. That's a great point. So Cincinnati is looking at a situation where if we lose, if we get embarrassed in this game, people go, oh, you guys shouldn't have been in the playoff. Yeah. Michigan is, no one's going to say yeah. Michigan shouldn't be in the playoff because Michigan doing what they did to Ohio State. Everyone goes, you belong in the playoff. They've accomplished yeah. their goals. They're 12. From an outside. I know inside they want to win the national they're championship. They're 12 and 1. They're 12 and 1. And they play in the second best division in college football. I mean, that. that, that Behind the ACC, is that. <laughs> no, it's not what you're saying? That, oh. that, you know, that Big Ten East is a rugged division, right. you know? And when you, you, you take that, the Big Ten, the Big Ten East has three teams in. Either New Year's Six or the college football playoff. You know what I mean? You're talking Michigan State, Ohio State, and, and Michigan all are and in those highly big, Penn State huge games. On top of that. And then no? Penn State's good at, on top of that. So, like, it, it, but for me, again, I just, I, I can't get past the fact. It, although, it, uh, before I get to that point of what I can't get past, I, I do like, though, this Michigan team balancing against your idea that maybe they've been sitting around for too long. Their best player is, is, on offense is very likely the Quorum kid who's now back and healthy. Right. They did what they did without him. And now the guy that they're really going to need to be creative with, get him the ball in space, get him out on those edges. You know, Haskins, you go just, you know, wear them down, pound on that Georgia team. But if Corum doesn't break at least one, you know, 25, 30 plus run this game, it's over, Johnny. But if he's got two or three, you know, 25, 30 plus runs, which he's fully capable of right. doing. This is a good point, Dan. It, that it, and he's healthy as can be. He's more healthy than he me. has. He, he says he's more healthy than he has been all season long. Like he's ready to go. Yeah, that's, so that's he's leading the country in all-purpose yards for a while as a Heisman guy. That's, yep. that's a good point. That's so, an interesting yeah. thing there too. So, but it, it just they, it, again that Michigan State game, I just can't get out of my mind. I really want Michigan to win this game. Who I, do you take? I'm taking Georgia to win the game. I take the Stetson Bennett and the receivers. They don't in cover Bowers. that crazy spread though, do they? The you seven and a half. I think, I think this is a back and forth game. I think it stays tight the whole time. It's going to stay tight. Georgia wins the game. But it's a could, close game. You could easily lose that bat on the hook. Yeah. Georgia wins by seven. Yeah, that half is that's going dangerous. To I'm staying away from. I'm not going to bet on this. I don't that, bet anyways. But that half is going to get you. Michigan. I want <laughs> Michigan to win this game. 
I want to see Alabama, Michigan. That's what I want to see. I've watched Alabama, Georgia. Yep. I want to see Michigan. I like Harbaugh, man. Yeah. I like him. He's a to me. I, some people think he's goofy. Go and watch the. Um, I all, like how goofy he is, though. But like, go watch the goofy. all in uh, Amazon Prime has a nice series where they follow teams for Are a you season. Cheating on YouTube TV. <laughs> Amazon Prime, Amazon's in the family, so they're probably all owned by the same people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, the Disney, lizard people yeah. that run the world or whatever. Disney probably owns all everything. Of them. Yeah. yeah. So they, but if you watch Harbaugh in that series, you realize that his goofiness is who he is. It's yeah. not an act. No, it's that he's putting on. Yeah. It's authentic. Yeah. Great word. That's what he is. So the khakis and the goofiness that you see from Harbaugh is who this guy is. And, and I shared a story with you that we heard about Harbaugh when he took that first job at San Diego, how he approached it. It just, he's a likable guy for me. I want Michigan to win this game. That's who I am rooting for a hundred percent in this game. Georgia will win the game. Yeah. They have the better offense, like the total offense that Georgia will bring. And Brock Bowers is special. Yeah. He, if you look at the offensive players in this game, Brock Bowers is the best offensive player in this game, and Georgia has him. The running backs, the defenses yeah. on both sides are equal. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Outstanding all over the place. But Georgia brings in this unique talent that most teams don't have. Yeah. This kid, he didn't get even get the you know, consideration for the Mackey Award because he was a freshman. It's absurd. Yeah. Because he's the best tight end in the country. But there's a crazy amount of good tight ends. There in the are, but this right kid's now. the it's best pretty, one, man. Pretty good. This it, kid is phenomenal, and he is going to be the difference. Super not talked about. I mean, if you get to Georgia, Alabama as a national championship game, very, very underappreciated moment in that game is where Bowers came up gimpy, and for the rest of the game, he did not look like himself. Right. Because he was making some hay in that game. And then he got popped. They didn't have an answer for and him. And then it, yeah. it, it was the whole rest of the game, he did not look like the Brock Bowers that we've seen all season. And it didn't look like it was something Alabama was doing. It looked like something that he was not 100%. I don't support this, but it is. it would be worth a targeting penalty to knock Bowers out of the game. <laughs> oh, I don't support it. I started. You're my lawyer. I started by saying I don't support it. Does that help me at all? Like, does that Does that work? Can I say that? So like, all right. So who do we put on like the hit list? Like, I'm just saying, Bryce Young, Desmond Ritter, definitely. No, Desmond quarterbacks Ritter, lead like, to fights, or you can't. It's, it's tough to do because those guys are pretty smart. Yeah, but, you just lie and say that they're not concussed. Yeah, you you're gonna be able to get a shot. So you bring like the backup safety in or something like that. <laughs> but Bowers is a guy. If you're gonna put on your hit list now, again, Dan, I don't. <laughs> Encourage us. I think it's wrong. I think you should be kill yeah. him. <laughs> no, that's crazy. But I'm just saying it's worth missing the first half of next year's game if Brock Bowers has to sit out. So whoever Michigan opens up with next year, yeah. that kid will you'll build a statue of the kid who knocks Brock Bowers out of the game because he is just that different. And I, it, it's gonna be cool to watch him play in this game because he's. He's put up great numbers, but I don't think a lot of people... We didn't watch a lot of Georgia. DZ brought it up to me before. He goes, I haven't watched a lot of Georgia. Yeah. Because they didn't play... like they didn't have all these like. No, awesome I said the same thing. I said the same thing. We keep thing looking at like, where he sits. <laughs> I said I said the same thing about hey, Georgia. Dave. Like you just like you turn their games off. Yeah. Probably the, the team I've watched most this season is like Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Right. You know, like because they're 
constantly playing in a game that you want to watch because they're like and you love Tulane middle tier yeah there's a lot of Tulane big Tulane fan (laughs) dude Syracuse should go get that Michael Pratt kid somebody's got to Somebody's got to go get him. Brennan Armstrong said he's not going to leave UVA. Oh, yeah. For he's, a minute, I thought, he's back. That he's would be back. cool. He's back. Right, I'm so, sorry that we we got off topic. The, Bring you it back. Know, I'm, I'm excited about this college, this, this college football. So we playoff. both have. It's, it's the most exciting thing that could happen to me in these college football players. The skyline chili I'm One make. of the SEC teams loses. Yeah. You know, I think that that, that's, that would make for the better storyline everybody wants. Cincinnati, Michigan, but even Cincinnati, Georgia rematch, Michigan, Alabama, you're spot on right there. I think that that is the, that's the storyline everybody wants to see. You know, Will Anderson, that should have been me versus Aiden Hutchinson, that was me kind of thing. You know, like Will Anderson's stats are ridiculous. If you look at his stats and go, how did Hutchinson get the invite and Anderson didn't, it's kind of crazy, you know. So it's just it, it'll be it'll be an interesting afternoon of football that I think you know as you're like, we are the SEC and you know all their fans SEC SEC yep. like everybody else that's not SEC wants at least one if not both of the SEC teams to lose. Yeah, you know because it just it, it it'll make for a better storyline. What's the best game in the national championship? Honestly, I don't see a bad game. Any of these teams winning to go to the national yeah, championship, you're right. I think will be a really fun national championship. Yeah, this game. isn't George Mason in the Final Four where you know they don't belong. Exactly. This isn't Illinois-Chicago. Yeah. It's like March yeah. Madness. That, as for another day, we can have that conversation. But this is not one of those situations where a team got lucky yeah. and is in the Final Four or whatever and gets smacked and like they shouldn't be here. These yeah. are the best four teams in the country. Yeah. Whatever the, the championship game is, Love the matchup. Yeah, it's I the best four teams in the country. And it's not just who's the hottest team at that time. You right. know, like everybody talks about how college football doesn't crown the true champion because they don't have this big, huge playoff. Who says that? I don't understand. Who says that? I, everybody that's Who? not us. <laughs> everybody that likes. That's an absurd statement. Everybody that likes every other sport besides for college football, they say that they don't crown the true champion because there's not a playoff. In the only my team mind, that crowns the true in, champion. Uh, that's what uh, That's what I You're think trying too. to keep this podcast because, going. I know what you're doing. In my mind, in my mind, when you crown your champion as the hottest team playing at that moment, that's actually not the true champion. Right. You know, like the St. Louis Cardinals a couple years ago winning the World Series, they just got hot at the right time. Is that really the true champion? You know what I mean? Somebody that gets the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year winning the championship. They got hot at the end of the year. If, if my Buffalo Bills... Lord willing, pull off a Super Bowl win this year. Are they actually the... I mean, would you definitively be like, that is absolutely the best team in football? No, if they get hot towards the end of the year, that's great, but they they haven't separated themselves from any other team during the regular season. But the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, it is built towards peaking as you get to playoff season and then playing your best ball at playoff season. Well, it's their college football is your best team plays from game alpha to game omega and wins them all or 
possibly loses one, but you got to show up every week. Well, you've, that's why the product for the NFL sucks in September. Well, you you've heard me say it. Rule one in college football is win every game. Yeah. If you can't win every game, don't talk to me. Yeah. That's rule one. And then we'll get into resumes and yeah. schedules after that. But rule one, you have to win every game. Yeah. That's just how it works. Yeah. Sorry, that's just that's how this sport yeah. works. So the other sports. They their job is to keep everyone invested for as long as possible. Yeah, all fan the bases NFL is invested the, the for seventh as long as seed in the NFL was a brilliant move. Yeah. As you have seen, it kept everyone involved with two weeks to go. College yeah. football does at this point, now it will change in the next couple of years. And you've got fifty teams that are eight and six in the NFL. But college, even, there's only thirty two teams total. I don't even know how there's fifty right. teams that are eight and six. But college football <laughs> Yeah, the math doesn't add up. College football will go this way. Unfortunately, eventually they'll want to. They want everybody still involved later on. It helps yeah. with ratings and helps with people going to the games. Yeah. But college football just eliminates you week after week and yep. gets to the Final Four product. And this is yeah. outstanding. If you didn't watch college football at all all year, that's fine. Yeah, show up Friday yeah. and watch those four teams. You're getting the best product we can put out here. Yeah. Well it's done, college fun. football. Greatest regular season sports delivered again. Top four teams. We both have. Alabama playing Georgia. Yep. In the SEC no, national championship national game. Okay. Championship in the national championship game. But we both want Michigan there. Is that what I'm hearing? I, I mean I, I would love to see Cincinnati there. I mean I like I, I'm I'm oh, a Cincinnati. I, it would be guy. really cool to see. I have, you know, like I have my annual bull pick competition where, you know, I'm I'm right in a nice spot. How is it going with the cancellations? It, it, it's weird. We just zero out those games. You should be able to pick if you think a bowl's going to get canceled, and that'd be worth some points. Probably. <laughs> like, they're that should have been an option. They're going to say you should pick, like, You can games. pick who wins, or you can pick it gets yeah. canceled, and that's yeah. worth some points. Yeah, absolutely. That, that That's what we'll do next year. Okay. The, uh, oh, I know, hope. So, oh. so, I've got, like, Alabama winning it all in the, in the, in the, in the pick them. So, so, you thought you were going to be ahead going sure, into the... Sure, great. You, know, you like, thought you were going to be clubhouse lead going into the... Well, you know, it's, 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 a lot of people have Georgia. Some people have Michigan. Like, it's not a, it's not a huge... Does anyone like, have Cincinnati every, just as an outside shot? Nobody even has Cincinnati beating Alabama. So, oh, wow. truth be told, is if Cincinnati wins the national championship, I'm basically in the same spot I was right. with, with Alabama. Yeah. You know? So I can root for Cincinnati. You should so, root and, for Cincinnati. And I should root for Cincinnati. Emotional hedge. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, it's... It, the the college football playoff this year is as good as we've seen it, and the regular season for college football is just so much better than every other sport's regular season. I tuned into the NFL, and I have been loving December NFL. Don't get me wrong. I have been just binging on December. That's why I love this schedule. On December playoff relevant College football NFL. went to sleep for a few weeks, and we yeah. were able to go all in. Yeah. Ship, ship the, the chips. chips. Yeah. You know, ship, yeah. the chips. <laughs> ship the chips. You knew I was going to say that. 100%. So we shipped the chips all. I wasn't even making the motion yet, yeah. and you were already saying it. Well done. We shipped the chips all in on December 4th or whatever, because we were able to just kind of pay attention to yeah. Buffalo a little bit, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and the teams yep. you like. Yep. And then the moment college football paused for three weeks, you're able to pay attention yeah. to all the games. They start Saturday games, and now we can go back to college but football But it's Friday. funny because if you roll the tape back, roll the, the tape. product that is being put out there in September for the NFL is nowhere near the level of football games you're watching in December. The intensity is just ramped up right. in December 
to the point where you're just like, holy crap, this is some good friggin' theater right yes, here. You're right. College football, September, October, November, December, it's all the same. They are playing so hard, and that product is the same all the way through. It is a six-month product rather than a two-month product. Well, the NFL strings you along to don't keep that Don't get me there. wrong. NFL December, January product is fantastic. Right. I love it. Yes. But Sunday was a playoff game for Buffalo. Yeah, it was awesome. It was the college football equivalent that you see in week one, two, three. It was the SEC championship. No, oh, but yeah. not they, even they, that. They were, they were. that. What exists in college football in week three when teams play each other yep. is what we got to watch Sunday with Buffalo and New England play each other. Yeah. That happens in September in college football, the oh, yeah. way it's structured. So you the finally Bengals got are going to play the Browns up. in the game. The first, <laughs> at the, the week eighteen or whatever. The first you know, that's, Buffalo New England game was irrelevant. It totally, was yeah. it was a Monday night game, right? Yeah. It was oh this game, it's so important. No, it didn't matter. Didn't matter. The game that mattered was Sunday. So yeah. we finally get there at this point because yeah. they string you along because they keep everybody involved. Yeah. College football doesn't do that. No, love it. You got, you got it. You, you got to win your ball games. Win that, every game. That is all we have for tonight. Check in next week with us. We're gonna go through. We're gonna, we're gonna break down the national championship game. We'll hopefully have DZ back with us next week. But uh, as always, you can give us a follow on Spotify at Henny and Patron. Uh, you can listen and subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Go on, rate and review us. Follow on Spotify, Anchor, Stitch, essentially anywhere podcasts are found. Check out our page on Facebook, Henny and Patron, the Two Drink Minimum, or Friend Me at Dan Patron. A special thanks to our breweries tonight, which we had the Neon Rainbow from Omegon. We had the Hot Whip from Buried Acorn. A couple of nice IPAs. A... Um, that was yeah yeah those those are the beers okay I'm just making sure we had all the beers yeah, yeah, New and York if, if, uh, if you are not watching the games on Friday night if you if you're complaining about your New Year's being bogged down by the games embrace it center your New Year's around these games because it will be worth it family food football get it done that's all you need. That friends, you can throw some friends in there. That, but that's all you need is those four things, and you'll have yourself a fantastic New Year's. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's from the Two Drink Minimum. I am Dan Patron. He is Kevin Hennigan, and as always, we say to you, cheers. cheers.